Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. Hello, I'm Sergey Rebro. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east. Hello everyone, welcome to Ukraine Plus Football, the home of Ukrainian football in the English language. I'm your host Adam from Ukrafort24. We've been whizzing all over the country the last few days, but we've found time, we've been busy, but we've been watching the football as well. I'm here, this time, as an exclusive, the first time ever we're recording together, as always, and with my two great co-hosts. Mr. Zorio Londons, Andrew, it's been a great trip so far. How are you finding it? Doing all right, yeah. Pretty shattered, but probably not as shattered as you are so far, Adam. Uh, you've been doing the driving shifts. We're currently in Chernivtsi recording this. Uh, no UPL side in there, obviously, but we've still, as you've mentioned, had the chance to catch up on all the football action, all the headlines, and we're going to be doing a good episode tonight. And of course... As always, everyone, the English-speaking voice of Ukrainian football. Ray, how have you been finding the travels around our great country that we all live in together? Well, yeah, we just been through a seven-hour non-stop journey, excluding the dinner from, from Okachiwo to Chernivtsi. So that's something I will remember for my whole life, as well as this recording, because we're get ready dear audience that we're going to be interrupting ourselves and sipping our very favorite drinks <laughs> we definitely are it's been a long day but we're we're really looking forward to this it's going to be a lot of fun in the car today we've had a lot of discussion about the national team in particular we're recording this at the time when the announcement has been delayed about who's going to be the new national team manager of Savina. andrew what's going on <laughs> why is it delayed what's the situation where where we stand now so currently the situation is is that serhii rebrov is the favorite to take over as ukraine manager uh, Andriy Pavelko confirmed that when he went on Veliki Football over the weekend, talking to Alexander Denisov about that. But it was expected that the national team would be, well, the national team head coach job would be announced on Monday the 9th at a UAF exec meeting. But that's since been postponed to the 12th when the legal proceedings around Lebrov leaving Alain will be known and whether he's allowed to actually break his contract for whatever financial sum or however it's going to work will be possible. And if that doesn't happen, meta ratings are reporting that the second favourite is under-20 World Cup winning manager Alexander Petrokov, who has been famed for saying that he doesn't have that much backing from the UAF and amongst other things. But we'll see what comes of it. But if it is Rebrov, exciting times ahead. Everyone's wanted him and hopefully a new era that everyone's going to enjoy. But we'll be discussing more of that probably next week once we've actually got finalised news on what's happening. Hey, yeah, I can't wait to find out. But, I mean, Ray, you excited about Rebrov taking over? I would say so. But for me, it's more like an, uh, a mystery because as we know, 
Uh, his the very first trademark of his is his spell in Dynamo Kiev as a coach when he approached finally reached the playoff stage since first time since Lobanovsky era in 2016. Uh, amongst the national teams, he has no such experience, and the very big question for me is how is is he gonna get along with Pavelka? As we know that. Uh, Shevchenko is the um, godfather of uh, Pavelko's child, or is it the other way around? Anyway, they're a family. They're related to them to each other somehow. And with Ribrov, I honestly don't know whose initiative was it was to from UAF to invite him to be the main coach of Zbirna. So that's kind of a, something to discuss further along. But we do know that our friend of the pod, Sergei Ribrov, is a great ambitious coach who we would love to see working in one of our very favorite teams i mean so i mean i've been impressed with him over the last few years with the success he had in hungary and i mean with with his legacy from his playing career he automatically sort of demands respect when he walks into a changing room compared to some of the other names that have been banded about, which would be really cool to see. But we we don't know yet. We don't know yet. We'll find out in the future. Andrew Day, let's get on to the match day. It was a cracking match day. Top game, headline billing, Zaria Dinamo. What a great opportunity for Dinamo as championship holders, however we like to word it to make an early season statement against last season's third place finishers, the bronze medal winners over the last few years. Zoria started the season quite well, cracking win on Monday night against Inglets. Did the Namo honestly lay down that statement of intent for this season? Well, they won 2-1, so they got the points over the line. Luchescu wasn't there. He's been ill over the past couple of weeks and didn't travel down to Zaporizhia as a result. He was feeding in his ideas to Emil Karras on the bench and he was relaying that as as per. As for the actual performance, far from riveting, far from really exciting. Zoria had plenty of chances to get back, get back into the game, take a lead. Kocerhin had a few of his uh, trademark shots from outside the box, first time, etc. There were two penalties missed, one from each side. Favorov was rather unlucky that it bounced outside of the post and then out again. And Carlos Depena won. Debatable whether that would be counted as a handball because it went off in Medikov's thigh straight into his hand. And, you know, if VAR was around, maybe that would have been overruled. Overall, it's been a sort of a, a slow start to the campaign for Dynamo. Okay, they won last week 4-0 against Veres, who have been poor themselves. I'm unsure sort of what level they're at at the moment. We'll probably not see that really until the European games start. They've played against Fenerbahce. That also wasn't much of a test in midweek in a friendly. Ramirez debuted, didn't show too much in his opening 45 minutes, and then he wasn't even included in the match they scored against Zorias. So I'm not entirely sure what's that, what that's about. Same with Shkurin. They both travelled to the match, but didn't play. When are they going to get their chances? And then, Dinamo are missing the next match day against Inhulets, which is going to be carried on, carried over until the next midweek. And they're going to be playing another friendly against Inter in Monza in Italy next weekend. Which, you know, for presenting, well, for preparing for the Champions League might be all good. But are friendlies any indicator or preparation for playing higher quality size in the grand scheme of things? 
probably not. They've already got a boost because their rivals didn't win. We'll more on that later. Ultimately, there's something slightly unconvincing so far about Dynamo, but they have got the capacity to improve. That's the thing. Tankov hasn't been at his best yet so far this entire year, really, since recovering from injury. A few weird decision-making, personnel changes, etc. Karavayev didn't start. I'm not sure entirely why he's a great player and probably deserves to be you know, a stalwart in the side. He looked really good when he came on. And then also um, worth noting that Denis Popov has had an operation on his uh, ligaments yeah. and he's going to be out for six months. And... One of our followers on Twitter, avid avid listener as well, Angry Phil, mentioned that he could just turn into a, a Makita Burda again. And that would be rather disappointing because Makita Burda also had a lot of potential. But due to the fact that there's just so many consistent injuries for himself and for Popov, will they ever reach that potential of, you know, one of the one of the league's, one of Ukraine's greatest centre-backs. Quite right. It's a real concern. He's He's got such talent and to be missing another six months. How old is he? 22. 22. It's a key key time in the player's development and to miss so much of a game, it's a, it's a real shame. Uh, I, I was reading on Twitter as well. Questions have been asked about the medical staff and the, the fitness uh, coaches in the club. You know, what do you think there, Andrew, about about what's going on behind the scenes? Do you think questions need to be raised? Most likely, yeah. Well, the fact that all these players are having weird injuries, they're failing doping tests, amongst other things, there are certainly a need to review what's going on in the backroom staff at Dynamo. Maybe they're doctors, maybe they're physios. I know that when the players are actually injured, they end up going for surgery in Europe somewhere to, you know, top surgeons and then probably get rehab with some of those top private ones. But ultimately, to prevent those injuries, more needs to be looked into that. And sports and conditioning evidently has dropped slightly since the uh, Lobanovsky era. You're quite right. And as you mentioned there, uh, great Eternal rivals Shakhtar didn't quite live up to their billing, did they, this weekend? Uh, at home against Alexandria, we were expecting great things. Shakhtar kindly invited all of Kiev to come and watch them play. Free of charge, I believe, as well. And were, were they really sort of given a treat? I, I don't think so. Uh, the Church of Deserby might be facing a few problems at the moment especially in defence, I found. Uh, obviously, they lost to one We don't need to tell our listeners about that. But when you looked at the game, defensively, they were a shambles. Or was it Stepanenko? Mm-hmm. Dodo. Huge mistakes for the first goal. Absolute huge mistakes. They were ball watching. They weren't watching players. And there were people left free all over the box. The second goal, I have no idea what Trubin was doing. I really don't. It was... It was a real shame. It is a real shame to see. It's a real shame about Trubin. He he really struggled in that game as well. Going forward, they did create a lot of chances. The shot count was double figures. It was a, a lot better than Alexandria's. Beautiful goal by Kornienko, a player I've got a lot of faith in for the future. Very interesting when you watch the highlights, the, the interplay between him and Mudrick out on the left. That's something I'm going to be looking forward to developing over the next few years, especially if Solomon moves on, which which may happen this window or in one of the next few. Uh, 
it was it was certainly key in that goal. Great, great little bit of movement there. But Shakhtar are not clicking at the moment at all. Questions, you know, questions do need to be asked. We'll, we'll talk about European games a little later on t- uh, today. But uh, you do have to wonder. They're, they're looking likely to get through the first qualification round. They may be facing much tougher opponents in the next one. And they're going to have to up their game on what we've seen in the UPL so far. Inglets, as we know, one of the weaker teams. Lviv, as we know, one of the weaker teams. They've come in against Alexandria, who pulled off a great result at Zaria on match day one. They've, they've replicated it here. They're not one of the top teams in the division and they've dropped points. So they're going to have to step it up now if they're going to challenge uh, push Dinamo hard and we're going to have to see that upgrade later in the season but let's have a look now at those sort of teams challenging underneath in particular Denis Pro 0-1 and now Ray national team hero Dovbik still at the club hasn't left yet it's been a lot of interest still in him especially from Turkey I believe but uh, your opinion, you watched the game this weekend. How are Dnipro going to cope if Dovbik leaves? Is he such a key player in the team that they're going to fall apart if he goes? Or will they survive without him? Jubicevic, who is the coach of Dnipro 1, is uh, relying on uh, his players whom he picked. So that's why his, team are, his teams are usually working as a sole um, mechanism, so to speak, a formula. And that's why if you take away Dobik, that uh, you've probably needed uh, to someone to replace him. That's why uh, Dobik leaving is, for me, quite highland likely, as he had his spell in Midtjylland and he failed there. That's why he came back to Ukraine. So I wouldn't worry about that. We would steal him as a second choice forward. Right, just like we had at Euro 2012, 2020 uh, after Yelimchuk, and he will be successful in the league and will have a call up to the national team. I'm pretty sure. Really, do it's it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, how are the Nipro looking in general after the game with Mariupol, which they won to one, and they must be quite happy. Although um, the goal they scored were just given away from the opponents. Uh, Stanislav Mikitse, who is a veteran defender signed by Mariupol recently in the last transfer window, um, he gave away the ball to the opposition and uh, this all resulted in a first goal uh, by um, Dovbeck, who, <laughs> to be honest, just nicked the ball from a few yards out. And the other goal scored by Nazarenko, uh, which was actually the more like the keeper's mistake. And... Uh, both of that involved the, um, some misunderstanding in the back line of Mariupol team. Mm, I might uh, confuse these two goals around because there were just, when I was the game, there was just, throughout the game, there was just this passing around with Mariupol team. They tried to control the ball, but as the scoreline says, they failed at it. And they have, they managed to uh, score one goal by Vunik, a youngster from Shakhtar, who is the... A bright spot in the Mariupol team in that game and good for him that he did score and it definitely gave him some confidence boost after all. Um, I would say that Dnipro 1 is moving according to its schedule so nothing to worry about there unless they face much stronger side which is something we would need to discuss 
later, that's for sure. Definitely. Now, a team we did expect to struggle this year, Desna Chenyev, obviously gone two for two. They played on the late game today on Monday with a chance to go three for three. The only team in the league at the moment that could be three for three. Uh, let's be honest, guys. We messed up with this. <laughs> we really did. Uh, I mean, Andrew, how good are they actually looking? We know they started off with Chorna Morris facing England tonight. Could they really push towards the top of the league or is it just the phase, case that they've been facing weaker opposition on these early match days? Yeah, very much potentially down to the weaker opposition because for the first 85 minutes, they had a few chances... But overall, there was nothing too much inspiring from Desna. Inhulets had a few attempts themselves, but the game was dull overall. Bezbrodko got two goals. And yeah, they've got three wins from three, but how long they can continue this for, you can't really tell. Kalat Vintiv, though, probably their star man. Not Totovitsky, as many people would have predicted after his season last year. Kalat Vintiv, I think he's got two assists, three goals over the past three matches. So, overall, good start to the season for him. And we thought that they'd probably be rather weak overall, especially in defence, having lost Past and Imerikov and just in general the whole back line. But they've adapted quite well. You have Henselin playing quite good. Zaviski is actually being a really decent wing-back. And Kartushov as well performing quite well. There's also rumours that Yehen Hachiridi is, good, is close to joining the side. That's not been confirmed yet as an official signing or anything like that. But with him in there too, veteran UPL defender, essentially who's been away for a few seasons, he could give a boost and they've got everything there it's just maybe they'll end up lacking the quality against the top sides which will prevent them from eventually pushing for even bronze good shot for Europe though just on the looks of things mm. just judging from how other sides are performing around them but but yeah good stuff overall in Hullet's going to be a long hard season for them that's for sure definitely is we're going to ho hopefully have a look at them ourselves, aren't we, in a, in a week or so's time. But uh, maybe they'll have picked up a point or two by then. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, a team that doesn't have to worry about picking up points is Vorskla, who, again, sort of shook off the European disappointments uh, at home against Lviv this week. Earlier this season, I was really hopeful for Lviv. I obviously been watching the back end of last season saw the improvements and thought there's a chance they're going to be mid-table, but they seem to have lost the solid structure that they built last year. They've, they're very weak at the moment. Olivier Till was in superb form at the weekend, ripped them apart, a couple of assists, scored a goal, 4-1 for Volsquare. It was so easy for them, you know, 4-0 up. They packed up at sort of half-time and... That was it for them. It was you know, a very comfortable three points. I'd like to see Lviv go back to basics. They seem to be really indisciplined at the back at the moment. They're conceding a number of goals, very poor ones. We saw it last week against Shakhtar as well. 
and they need to get that back back in place otherwise Inglets may have some challenges down there at the bottom this season moving on I also I was busy on Friday night as well guys at the start of this long match day weekend with the Metalist Chornamorets game Chornamorets uh, of course also known as Dinamo's reserves we saw Kadri uh, make his debut for them in this game I believe uh, at centre centre back not a bad performance got involved in the action Chorna Moritz much improved scored two goals unfortunately conceded three uh, Metalist showed the same sort of attacking intent I'd seen last week in the Colos game as well creating a lot of challenge chances coping without Ponomar as well I've got to say you know they they took their chances well Chorna Moritz they've still got a long way to go this year They've really got to get it sorted. Uh, we were talking with a couple of people involved in the game during the, the week, and they quite rightly said, you send 12 players to a club on loan, and you release all your own experienced players. Who's there to guide these youngsters that have come down from Dynamo Kiev? And we've had that experience in the club. There's nobody there to show them the right way. And that's what we're seeing there. We're seeing lots of mistakes coming in. We're seeing the youngsters failing to fulfil their potential. It's a shame because Odessa deserves a great club. And at the moment, Odessa is not getting a great club. Now, I know most of you at home are, are interested in our trip. And guys, we've been, you know, we've been, all been touched by all the feedback we've been getting on social media over the last week. As most of you know, we were live in the stadium for the, our final game of the, of the weekend. Rook Verez, Ray was busy after the game as well breaking down all the details right I mean how, how impressed have you been with Rook? That was a good game to be honest and uh, played in a different stadium as well Rook scored two fast goals first match under Leonid Kuchuk the Belarusian expert who came back in charge for the week team and the second one was quite sloppy to be fair uh, Veres replied with a great ball by Shestakov their sole striker they could have scored later, but Panke was uh, in charge of the of his game in the end, so he didn't let them do it. After all, enjoyable football, lots of competitive uh, uh, duels, and uh, not much uh, action. But uh, you could tell that uh, players were fully involved in the game. I really enjoyed Valery Fedorchuk's comeback. He played. A great game and sort of established himself as we were talking in the stands as uh, Ukrainian Pirlo. Uh, that's why uh, he cemented, we could tell that uh, the center of the pitch was concrete by Rook team and that uh, really secured the, their win that day. I, right. What did you think of the emotion shown by the manager during the game? Yeah, that was and afterwards I should add that was one to definitely to be remembered by as Leonid Kuchuk was he didn't sit down for a second uh, throughout the whole 19 minutes and 90 minutes of the match and after uh, that and the press conference he actually shed a bit of tear when he remembered uh, when he was leaving Ruh previously and uh, he recalled this video of the president um, when uh, Leonid Kuchuk was driving a tractor throughout the territory when nowadays there is a brand new training facility of Ruh Liv and he mentioned that in a press conference and he said I came back home and 
honestly, we probably the first time in Ukrainian football in recent years, we saw some of the coaches actually, you know, letting out a bit of a tear. <laughs> I wouldn't say crying, but you saw that emotion on the broadcast. I assure you did. In from the one of the most experienced coaches we had. Uh, after the game, we had a chance to meet Leonid Kuchuk once again uh, as he was uh, getting into his brand new racing mode Mercedes, two-colored. And uh, that's something you should be coming back to. Yeah, I mean, just for our listeners, what were those colours? Yellow and black. Yellow and black. It was a finger beauty, it really was was seeing him drive off in that it was great to see him back there somebody i've got you know fond memories of having been been at his final game during his first in but we we also got to meet some friends from the podcast at the stadium as well didn't we right definitely we saw Dmitry Poroznyuk discussing uh, the current affairs of Veras with his former teammates and well i can assure our listeners that the emotion was not the pleasant one as we were uh, also being uh, assured by coach of Ferris team, Yuri Vert, he acknowledged that the, the case with the dressing room, the current mood in the dressing room is not the best. And we just wonder how would he fix it? We would also like to say a big thank you to Maxim Martin from Hook as well for the, the welcome he gave us at the game. It, we, had, we had a lot of fun there during, during the day. Now, guys, you know, we're into... Sorry, I lose track of where we are with, with, with the trip every, every day. The days have been long and full of adventures. Well, I think we're on to day five. It might be day six. We started off one of the early parts of the trip. We are really lucky. We went to the European game, uh, the Conference League game at Kovalivka. Now, Kolos Manai was cancelled. We hoped to be in attendance yesterday. But because of Kovalivka playing on Thursday, in the Conference League, the game's been postponed. Andrew, what did you think of the game on Thursday night in Kovalivka? Nice atmosphere. Uh, This village is something that everyone has to experience if they ever get the chance. It really is probably one of the most well-kept and uniform villages in all of Ukraine. Uh, The roads from you know the highway to the to the small settlement really are well done uh nice fields tractors still working well into the night harvesting things and yeah the stadium is like this very compact 5000 seater lots of fans traveling in from wherever and wherever cave the neighboring towns and cities fast you've amongst others, Bilatepfa as well. Unfortunately, the game didn't really live up to maybe even the entertainment that's in and around the stadium that the club put on for their fans, like foot volley, competitions, a bit of like AstroTurf pitch where people can play football and stuff like that. In general, Kolos didn't really show too much as they have in their previous matches in the UPL as well, where they've struggled to score goals. And once again, they were struggling to finish anything and it ended 0-0 against Shakhtar Karagandi, who are 11th in the Kazakh League. And that's not like 11th that they've just started the season. They're 19 games in. So that says a fair amount. Both sides 
lacking quality in terms of the finishing ability. Coles dominated the match. That's the thing. And there was like a really good home support. Also some sort of massive like Ukraine Air Force's uh, drill going on above our heads that we thought like some sort of carpet bombing was going to take place <laughs> during the match. Uh, <laughs> maybe made that a bit more exciting, but but hey-ho, there really needs to be some sort of fix in their forwards because Sichanova and, well, Sichanova gave it a go, but he's just not probably to the level that needs to be in Europe. And listen, Cord, that's just a, another whole question in itself whether he should be playing at all. You're quite right, you're quite right. It was, as you said there, it's great experience on Thursday as a fan. You, you got lots of things that we would expect in other leagues around Europe as well. Unfortunately, the performance on the pitch wasn't so good. Day five of the trip, Andrew, what's been your highlight so far? Well, I'd probably say highlight of the trip so far was going to Manai, to be honest. Uh, friend of the pod, Tony Kravets, showed us round Ushrod. There's just a really good setup there. Avanhar Stadium in Ushrod is really nice. In general, we were expecting slightly to be a bit more dilapidated and all that, but really well kept for sort of the low level of football that it's hosted over the past few years. And hopefully it can host the special 30th year anniversary Zbirna match next year. Uh, but who knows about that? And we had some really good food in, in Zakarpatia. Yeah, just wish we could have spent more time there. That's the only negative. It certainly is. I mean, I, I recommend to people to get down there as well. What about you, Ray? What's been your highlights so far? <laughs> Since you mentioned it, I would say that it was definitely the visit to uh, Munkach Academy, which is situated out of uh, slightly out of Mukachevo city in Zakarpatia, where we met uh, people who speak Hungarian better than Ukrainian, and uh, which one of those people one of those people asked us to wait for the guy who can actually speak English. So, uh, yeah, that's something you wouldn't expect to see in any other areas of Ukraine, I believe. And the academy itself looks really tidy and really professional. A lot of youngsters wearing various kits, such as Kalastri, Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, uh, Dynamo Kiev, Ukraine national team, and uh, all of the rest, uh, having fun and enjoying themselves training on the pitches of the academy. The only thing was is that... Uh, you probably would uh, find some hard time uh, uh, c communicating with the <laughs> local uh, staff. And um, so far, we would say that uh, it's a good thing when we have such projects which um, you couldn't tell what is their focus. Is it Ukrainian youth or Hungarian youth or both? Or uh, a youth which would go... Uh, outside of Ukraine to play in Europe, like Dynamo Zagreb experience. Mm -hmm. And this is something I really, I would really remember from those five days because this, I honestly did not expect to see such a diversity in a very small town. Quite right, quite right. Very well said as well. I mean, for, for me personally, I just want to give a shout out to Lubomir. 
Stoichi. I mean, what a brilliant setup down there in, in the village of Stoichi in the south of Kiev Oblast. I mean, they're finding it tough, aren't they, this year? With, with but I like the Foster, the you know the president there spoke about when we when we were talking at the club and the way they're looking to develop the the local youth. I I think one of the great things now most of you at home might look and see the defeats that they're getting, but you know they've built these links with the universities in Kiev and you know the the players in their academy are getting their education as well and it was really great to hear how they they're, they're providing great pathways for the youngsters in the region going forward so that that was really cool to cool to hear great to see them taking the risk stepping up to professional level this year and we hope they carry on in the future but hey oh stay five we got a lot more adventures and we're looking forward to talking more about them with you in the future after we've had them <laughs> you know well, why not why not but, but that's it for tonight i mean it's been a, been great fun it's been a bit surreal for us all sat in the same room doing this whereas <laughs> normally we're, we're talking over over the computer to one another but it's been great great as always now ray for, for our new listeners where's the best place for them to contact you on the old social media for me, that would be Instagram, Ray Vic. Hey, it's been a great show. I mean, Andrew, pleasure as always. You know, it's been great, haven't you? In the back of the car, doing every, all the work over the last few days. Uh, for new listeners as well, mate, where best for you on the old social media? Zoe Londonsk for regular updates of whatever's going on and wherever we are, end up being over the next few weeks and all the latest football news whenever I have signal. <laughs> Definitely. And when we're stuck in traffic jams as well. Now, of course, you can follow me on social medias as well at Ugrafoot24. But till next time, everyone, take care, stay safe. Goodbye for now. Hey.